This summer, Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Wines and TuneIn are teaming up to take listeners on a curated audio adventure alongside some of the most exciting names in music. Coppola Diamond Collection Wine Cans can go anywhere, and so can our Sense of Adventure podcast. In this episode, we continue our conversation with country music star Margot Price as we head out on the Haw River with her son Judah and mom Candace and a couple of canoes for a bit of fishing, conversation about music, and an exclusive acoustic performance of Margot's single, Nowhere Fast. Hey Matt, let's catch some fish. What, what do you think I'm gonna catch the most with? You were talking about that red. Um... Yeah. Judah, you want me to catch you some dinner? All right. Do you uh, think uh, You know what? Oh, uh, yeah, baitcaster's fine. Please, thank you. And maybe Judah can rock the uh, the bobber and, uh, and one of those worms. Totally. Judah, you going to put your own worm on the hook? You got to try to beat your mom. I have a feeling that she's uh, blessed in this area and is going to win again. Not every day, I guess, you get to go fishing on tour. Although it should be every day. They get it to really go fishing should on be. Tour. be I guess the early mornings would be hard, though. Yeah, yeah. Usually wake up at like eleven. <laughs> Sorry, super nerd, like music journalist questions. You know, just as a, a super. We're fan. supposed to be talking about music, not fishing. No, no, no. Right? I just I have one I really want to ask. Fishing is what we should be talking about. This is an adventure. I don't recall somebody weaving like equality issues into a song about rambling, right? And Wild Women and Loner, I feel, I mean, one, more directly, you're talking about, hey, how come, how come nobody has any problem with men doing this? It's hard to be out on the road as a, a singer, a mom and a wife, singer, wife and a mom. And then another line in, in Loner, too, it's just powerful stuff that you're, you're setting out the equality issue and talking about life on a road and doing your art. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can talk about anything. There aren't any rules. And if there are, they're just made to be broken. And my husband wrote Loner. Did he really? uh, Yeah, he did. The only line I wrote in that song had a profanity. Uh, Put you through school until you're grown, then put you to work to buy shit you don't need. Shit you don't need. But the rest of it was all him. He's a hell of a writer. He doesn't get as much credit as he should because he's wrote these last two records with me, and we've been working on the third one together. He's a hell of a writer. Yeah, he's great. He's got a crazy backstory too. He was uh, he was adopted and he was born with cerebral palsy. Not many people know that. And music was the kind of focus and the yeah, yeah, the bright he, light for him. His uh, his mom worked with him a lot to uh, with just with his the physical side that comes along with cerebral palsy and sure. But he also played a lot of basketball. Both of us are like secret jocks. I, my husband was a star basketball player and I was a cheerleader for a while. Not anymore. That's super cool. That's like, that's more of the, don't assume things are always one way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now then I went to college and tripped on mushrooms and I was like, oh man, I do not want to be a cheerleader. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's like small town America too. What are you gonna do? Right. You guys are gonna have to drag me out of here. <laughs> yeah, last time we were here, somebody had mentioned about maybe going out on, you know, canoeing. But all of us needed to do laundry, and we didn't 
We weren't in a bus, so we got here way late in the day, too. So it, was, right. it wasn't like we were here early. Well, it sounds like Heather from the venue knows what's going on and sets people up and knows No, that. man, they feed you so well here. It's like when a place has good food and they feed you and let you do some laundry, you right. remember. <laughs> right. And I took a long hike that last time. We just hiked up by the water, and I wanted to fish and do this real bad. So I was glad we were coming back. Build a community like this around art, music, culture, food, shoot, wine. That should all be done. Yeah, next time we got to get those cans out here. Yeah, we do. The couple of cans. Nice gas. That's the spot right there. What about Cocaine Cowboys? Is it as much about players showing up in Nashville as it is about Cocaine Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, a little bit of both. I love that, like, all hat, no cattle. Oh, me too. Yeah, no, it's, it's written about a real real group of people I know. Uh, USA Today did a review of the record, and they said, I woke up in the hotel, and I picked up the USA Today, and I was on the front cover and said uh, that Cocaine Cowboys was an apparent reply to a Blake Shelton song that I had never even heard. <laughs> and I said, well, it would have been good if you guys could have got a direct quote from me, because I've never even, I don't know any of Blake Shelton's music. And uh, not something you would listen to, and not something you would care to reply to. I would yeah, imagine. exactly. Yeah. I guess he has some song called "The Boys Around Here" or something. But I was just talking about how you know all these compared to you know what I grew up with. Even in the Midwest, you know, there's real, still real cowboys up there that know how to to hunt and fish, and I mean, and girls too. Yeah, that Little Feet production value, the funkiness of it. The soul of it. Love that cut. Thanks, man. You ever hear Ween's 12 Greatest Country Hits? Oh, yeah. Piss up a rope. Isn't that on there? Yeah. Did you ever hear that story that they got country players to come do it, right? And then they got people to come back and do overdubs, you know, fiddle and stuff. And Gene and Dean were all high in the control room, and they started patching some of the lyrics just they the people some were like, what the hell second. are we playing in, on? Into, yeah. Yeah, into the headphones of uh, of the fiddle player and just watch the look on his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, some classic old conservative Nashville cats. And I love that story. Oh, now it's real shallow here. Yeah. yeah. Try that cast right there. All right. Here we go. So I've never done karaoke before, and a buddy of mine has a live rock karaoke band that he does. Oh, nice. In the Central Valley, California, a lot of ag folks, a lot of, a lot of real cowboys up there. Mm-hmm. They're called Rocky Oki. what he calls Rocky. it. And he's been asking me to sing karaoke for... Gotta go 20, do it, man. 20 years, and I told him... Just crack open a can of wine, go do some karaoke. A can of wine with Mike, yeah. A couple cans of white wine, and I told him if he learns Piss Up a Rope, if he learns Piss Up a Rope by Ween, I'll do it. There you go. So, one of these days, I'm gonna be in trouble. Is it the Sofia Coppola cans? They're part of it, yeah. The little one, the exactly. little minis the little with the ones. straws, exactly. those are cute. They're pretty delicious too. I don't like to drink before on days of shows, but I am in a canoe. It's a good cast, let it slide down the rock. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right, Who's the gospel singers on, um, on Do Right By Me? Ah, uh, the McCurry sisters. They are, 
yeah, legendary. They've been doing it for a long time. They're all sisters, and they all just can, like, read each other's minds. They sing so well together. Don't have to talk about who's going to get what part. They all just figure out their four-part harmony. Right. Yeah. Don't even sing it, just think it. I thought it was Mavis at first when I heard, like, you know, the first... Oh, man. ...into the first She's chorus. The best. So Memphis was a choice beyond the studio. Memphis was the inject to keep bringing the soul to the thing. Yeah, I mean, we had, you know, we recorded at Sun, and it's such a small room. And right. when we were there, we um, we went over to Sam Phillips, and they were kind of refurbishing it. Uh-huh. And uh, I just knew I wanted to come back there. After Sam made his millions with Elvis and everybody, and he yeah. was at Sun, then he, this was his, like, dream studio. And it's, they've kept it exactly the way that, you know, that it was when he opened it. So it's like red shag carpet and he's got a, he's got a jukebox built into his desk with like 45s. Damn. It's really cool. That's dope. Oh, shit. What's up with this hot chicken gonna... phenomenon of the last 10 Oh, years? I know. Is it really... You know, the story of hot chicken is like, um, there's this, um, couple, Nashville, and uh, husband had been going out on the wife, and um, she thought, I'm going to cook him something so spicy, it's going to burn his face off and make him sick. So she put every single spice that she had in there. In the kitchen? Yeah, and he gets home, he starts eating the chicken, and he goes, honey, this is the best meal you've ever cooked me. And thus was born hot Nashville chicken. hot chicken. I don't know if it was Prince's or Bolton's, I think. Princess. That's a great story. So does it feel like another gig? Does it not feel like another gig? The Ryman, the three Ryman shows, how does that feel? I mean, it's definitely not just another gig, but yeah. you know, I'm not gonna um, psych myself out about it. I mean, it, in a sure. way, you know, it's we've definitely played, you know, bigger headlining shows as far as a number of people, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've got a lot of surprises planned and a lot of special That's guests. That's what I've been thinking about, too. Imagine how much work you're doing around making that thing the way you want it to be as far as guests and surprises. Yeah, I, and... I said I'm putting more time and, and money into this than I right. did my wedding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your team is supporting you on that. That's yeah, cool. yeah, they're all... They're all excited. No, on a national level and just as... Again, this is like the fan perspective of of not wanting to, to segment things or package things, but the national perspective from just me being your, a fan of yours is like, that's an arrival of sorts, whether, of course you've done bigger gigs and of course it's certainly no surprise, but uh, it's certainly exciting to see, you know? Oh yeah, don't you do this to me. Man, I wanna catch something so bad, I could just sit out here all day. Do we have to go back? <laughs> There's this show tonight we all want oh, to see, yeah. but other than that. It'll be fine. They can handle it. Oh, Jeremy, you're singing tonight. Do you ever play drums in Margo sets? Yeah, I'm going to tonight. We're going to play some drums. We've got double drums on the stage now. Oh, dope. We've got like a uh, Allman Brothers uh, country vibes. There we go. I'll stretch the wrist out. <sighs> And I'm just bound and determined we're gonna catch one, but if not, yeah. if I keep doing that. We are. Oh, God. Got a bite. 
Unfortunately, that fish got away, but we really lucked out by convincing Margot to play an exclusive acoustic version of Nowhere Fast back on the dock. Check it out. Okay, cool, here we go.
See, that is meant to be played on an electric guitar. <laughs> it's hard to play on an acoustic. That wraps up episode two of the Sense of Adventure podcast, presented by Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Wines. Be sure to tune in next time where we continue our conversation with Margot as she prepares for her upcoming concert at the incredibly unique venue, the Haw River Ballroom. We'll talk with Margot about her pre-show rituals, her thoughts on her upcoming tour stops at the Newport Folk Festival and the Outside Lands Music and Arts Festival. And we'll even meet up with a few Margot superfans to hear their perspective on her music, politics, and what she represents for contemporary country music culture. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.